No one is looking at you and analyzing everything that you're doing in the same way that you are. A quick note, the audio is a little echoey, but don't let that distract you from Jenny's amazing journey. Today's guest is Jenny Johnson. She is a multi-talented entrepreneur, marketing consultant, content creator, and travel blogger. She is the founder of JJ Adventures, where she has established herself as a leading voice in the travel industry, inspiring adventurers of all kinds to explore new destinations and embrace outdoor experiences. Her passion for outdoor adventures and budget-friendly getaways is present throughout her work. She shares valuable tips on being a woman in the outdoor community and working remotely while solo traveling as she deals with her grief journey and mental health struggles. As a marketing consultant with over a decade of experience, Jenny has a wealth of knowledge in creating compelling content that resonates with audiences. She's dedicated to helping other entrepreneurs achieve their goals by sharing her expertise in branding and digital marketing. Welcome to the Meet That, Jenny. Hi, Erica. So happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So you have quite an interesting story. So here you were, you were working at a comfortable corporate marketing job in Florida, and you decided that you needed a life overhaul. So (laughs) what did you do? You end up moving to China. You said, okay, I'm going to leave my comfortable marketing job and live abroad for seven years on and off. How did that happen? (laughs) Well... (laughs) As every great story happens, um, there was a heartbreak involved. And I just kind of realized that I wasn't really happy at my corporate job. Um, I was in a male-dominated industry. I didn't see a lot of room for growth. And I knew that I had more to give in the corporate world. Um, So I went on a trip to Guatemala. I was doing a volunteer trip, working with children at orphanages. And I went for about a week and that really sparked something inside of me. And as I was going through this heartbreak, I just was like, I need to get out of here. And I had remembered that I had a friend way back in high school, middle school that had just moved to Thailand and taught English. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I've kind of always wanted to go to Asia Um, When I was younger, we had a foreign exchange student from Japan. So I've always had this crazy interest in Asia. And so I said, why not now? Like, there's nothing holding me back. I'm not happy at my corporate job. I don't have a boyfriend tying me down. My family's on the other side of the country anyways. I never see them. (laughs) So I spent one year paying off my debt, saving. I moved in with one of my best friends. He let me live quite cheaply with him Mm -hmm. and to save money. And I enrolled and got my TEPL certification, which is a teaching English as a foreign language certification. And then I think it was like right after Memorial Day, I put in my one notice. I gave my company one month and quit my job. I had nothing lined up. 
to go to Asia. So I packed up all my stuff into my little tiny two-door Nissan Ultima (laughs) from Miami to basically Seattle. So across the country. Oh, wow. Um, For two weeks, I did this crazy road trip with my aunt. Okay. So you weren't by yourself with that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Basically, I wasn't by myself because we had a uh, tire blowout going like 80 miles per hour on the freeway in the middle of a storm. And I was like freaking out. Thank God she was there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was an incredible road trip kind of got me started on this like journey. And that is when I started my travel blog. I have always been a writer since I could pick up a pen, my mom says. My girlfriends during college always said I should write like these like dating sex in the city type of stories, but I was uh-huh. always too scared. Yeah. And so she kept encouraging me like, you should start a blog. You are such a good writer. You're so interesting. You've got this incredible life. You're about to like move to Asia. So I started a blog and I didn't share it with anyone. <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> it's your personal diary. <laughs> I just got these blog posts and never shared it with anyone for oh my about God. seven months. <gasps> yeah. So I was on this road trip posting on Instagram and Facebook but and blogging that nobody knew about. Right. Then I get to my parents' house and that's when I start like, okay, what, what the hell am I going to do? Right. <laughs> and where in Asia am I going to go? So I kind of do some research, narrow it down, um, and just land on China. Start interviewing. All of my interviews are in the middle of the night. So I'm like putting on a nice top, looking all professional in my like pajama bottoms. And I interviewed with like 20 different companies and finally just said, okay, I'll go with this one. It wasn't everything I wanted but I picked it. And then at the last minute, my recruiter emailed me and she said, I've got something that checks all your boxes. And I said, I'm so sick of interviewing. Like, are you sure? And she said, I think you should take this interview. I said, okay, but I've already signed this like agreement with this other school. And she said, it's okay. It's China. Just take this interview. I took it. And it was everything that I wanted. It was the age of kids that I wanted. It was in a big city. It was in Shanghai. It was only working from 9 a.m. till 11 a.m., Monday through Friday, giving full-time salary, flights paid for, food paid for, cell phone paid for, housing paid for, everything paid for. All the money that I was making, which was a lot, was just for me Uh to travel. Um, So after a long, long six-month visa process to get to China... I moved to China on Thanksgiving day (laughs) and I did not speak the language, did not know a single person in the city, had never been to Asia. I said to myself, and I think I said to my parents, I'm going to stick it out for one year. And when I got there, I didn't know if I was going to last a week. It's the middle of winter. Shanghai has brutal winter. Okay. It's right on the coast. You get that wind chill and it's freezing. They don't have um, very good AC or like um, heaters in buildings. So when you get cold, you are cold. <laughs> Were you prepared for that? Coming from Florida, I was really not prepared. Yeah. And you're a California girl too, right? You're from California. Yeah. 
So what yeah. does her parents think? Like, what did, first of all, what do they think of you saying, hey guys, I'm quitting my comfortable corporate job and I don't know what I'm going to do next. Oh, and by the way, I am going to go to China and teach English as a foreign language. When you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I grew up on the West Coast mm -hmm. and then just picked up and moved to the East Coast, went, moved to Florida, didn't know anyone. And so I think my parents, I've always kind of been that like spontaneous child, a little bit of, I was a little bit of a rebel in my younger days. Sure. So I think my parents, I mean, of course, everyone was like, China, like why China? But I think they know that I'm quite adventurous and I always have been one to go against the grain. I yeah. I've always want to do something different. I don't like like everyone else. And right. so they know me better than anybody. And I think they kind of knew that. Um, my mom and, and dad both love to travel, but they've never really traveled abroad. Um, it's a different generation, I think. It wasn't as accessible to them. They were like raising a family and trying to make ends meet. Sure. And my mom always said, I'm living vicariously through you. I'm like living all my travel and adventure through you. And she was like my number one supporter. And my dad is, they've been so supportive through everything. I think many times when I would call them in China, because I think we would um, FaceTime like every week. Mm -hmm. And I would meet his peers. Like, I don't yeah. know if I can do this. I want to come home. I don't know if this is what I want. Like, what am I doing? Right. And they would they would they wouldn't say come home like some parents I think would say you need to come home you should come home mm -hmm. they were like no just stick it out like you got this like it's fine mm -hmm. they've always been day one supporters oh well that's awesome because then that makes it a lot easier as you're going through that mental struggle in your head like should I stay should I go what would you say was your very first time that you bet on yourself was it when you moved from California to Florida for the job I think the first time would probably be when I moved to Florida for I was moved um I was 20 years old and moved for university um I never had lived away from home. I'm an only child. Oh, so wow. I would say I'm quite spoiled. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think my parents were worried if I was going to be fed because I didn't know how to make anything. Like, I made toast. That was it. <laughs> like, we're sending our 20-year-old daughter across the country to move into dorm with some random person right. she doesn't know how to feed herself <laughs> like oh my gosh um but I I loved Florida I ended I graduated and I always said I was just going to go to school and then I was going to leave and I ended up staying for eight years <laughs> wow so you you actually got adjusted did you learn how to cook I did I actually <laughs> started um on my blog a food blog and like a food instagram um th that is how well and how much i love to cook it is like therapy to me now <laughs> ah that's good so i bet your parents are probably happy about that especially since you're like living all over the world like okay we know she can find food she can feed herself <laughs> i went from making rice in my college dorm microwave to making like pad thai indian curry so oh I think wow <laughs> yeah yeah you really came up in the world with that one <laughs> so jenny you 
are a marketing consultant, a content creator, travel blogger, just involved in a lot of things. So what business challenge has taught you the most about yourself? Um, honestly, I think because I went from corporate teaching English and then I was freelancing. Freelancing is great. It's a great step into doing, having that freedom. It's very low risk. And I think when I made the bet on myself to go from freelancing to starting a business and not having, I didn't have a safety net. Just went all in. And I think that was like, it taught me a lot about myself, about like figuring it out. Luckily, I have a lot of friends who are also entrepreneurs, but back then it wasn't, it wasn't like it is today. It was scary. It was super scary to be doing this on my own. Um, everything from like figuring out your taxes to building a website, to invoicing, to all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, it teaches you a lot about like problem solving and um, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a re recovering perfectionist. I, I have to put that aside sometimes because everything can't be perfect all the time. Nothing would ever get done. Right. So honestly, I think starting a business, taking that risk on myself has been one of the greatest successes and challenges. That's awesome. Is there anything that you would change about that journey? Um, probably not because okay. I think I had to go through some struggles to get where I am. I had to mess up a lot to, to learn because if I, I think if I just had a lot of money and paid someone else to do it all, which would have been really nice. Am I able to claim that I've done all this myself? Not really. Right. I really pride myself on that. Of course, now I, I hire people to do stuff. Like I've figured out, I don't like doing this part of my business. Someone else can do it. Mm -hmm. But I know how to do it and I built it up and I've done it. It's just that it takes too much time. So I don't right. want to do it. But I think it's important. Um, and obviously I've hired people like on Fiverr and indeed to help me with some web stuff because I have no idea right. but the majority I tried doing on my own okay okay yeah that's good what have you done that you're the most proud of um I would say personally um my sobriety is the mm. thing that I'm most proud of and Business-wise, probably starting my business. I also, I used to have another business with a business partner uh -huh. and making with one of my best friends. She's still my best friend, but making that decision to dissolve a business with your business partner and best friend because things weren't working. That's a very hard decision. And doing what was best for me ultimately and for her at the time it didn't feel like the best thing but making that decision and going on my own was probably one of the things I'm most proud of it was a messy time but it taught me a lot yeah. about myself 
Did you get sober prior to moving abroad or prior to moving to Florida? How did that come about? Um, no, I did not get sober prior to moving to Florida. <laughs> no, I actually got sober. So I am celebrating one year and two months. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, I lived in China. I lived in Florida. I lived in China. I went through an entire pandemic and was using substances. And it was probably September 2021 that I really was not happy with where I was. And I thought I was just using substances to numb and mask and not really going anywhere. And so I moved to Oaxaca, Mexico in November of 2021 and went, I was there for one week, went out and had Mezcal. Oaxaca is known for their Mezcal. And I went to Mezcal with some local girls who are to this day some very good friends of mine. And the next day, I just said to myself, I am in a new place. I have an opportunity to recreate, reinvent this person. And I spend probably 90% of my time being a very fit, active, healthy, like I have green smoothies, I go on hikes. Like you look at my Instagram and you see this very fit, active, healthy person, but then you also are seeing this party girl who's drinking every day, who's going to happy hour, who's going to brunch and all these things. And I didn't think these two people made sense together. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to pick one of them. Okay. And for my lifestyle, for my business, just in general, I decided to pick healthy Jenny. And so I just said to myself, I never have said I'm not drinking ever again. I just say, I'm not drinking today. And I wake up every day. I'm not drinking today. Right. And here we are a year and two months later, not to say it's been easy at all, especially in Mexico. But it has... It has helped me a lot um, with finding my confidence, which I I think it's helped with my business tremendously. Content creator, I felt like I was always looking at what everyone else was doing Mm -hmm. and trying to be a certain way that I thought my audience wanted to see. Because this other person were very successful and they were acting this way. So if I did that too, then I would be successful. And guess what? I wasn't. So when I got sober and, you know, I was in therapy and then healing and really working on those core things of why I was using substances to Mm -hmm. myself, I started to find myself again, find my voice and find what I wanted to share with people. And I've noticed since I have made that switch within the past year or two, um, I get so much more engagement. People find me so much more real and relatable. Yeah. And it, it's great for my business, but it's also great for my mental health mm-hmm. to help other people to share my story. Um, because if I, if I can help one person, whether it's on their sobriety journey, their life journey, like whatever journey they're on, mm-hmm. if they can see and think she's been through some shit yeah. and look at her living, I'm in Asia now, like living life in Asia, having a great time. Not every day is great, but most right. of the time. If I can do that, 
and go through this sober life, go through my mental health struggles, anybody can do it. It is possible for everybody. That's the biggest me bet. Putting aside your, your businesses, you bet on yourself and your mental health and just the person who you are. You said, okay, these two entities can't coexist. Yeah. You made a choice. And you said, okay, I want green smoothie, Jenny. <laughs> Tequila, yeah. Jenny, does not mesh no. with green smoothie, Jenny. So that <laughs> is the ultimate me bet. I love that. And, yeah. and that, like you said, that helps you with your business too. Not just as an individual and your own mental health and your personal development, but your business flourished as a result of that as well. Yeah. That's incredible. When we talk about success, most people talk about what success looks like, the tangible stuff. I'm more interested in what does success feel like to you? I think success feels like freedom, which sounds so cliche sometimes, but, um, you know, I've built this lifestyle and I've also built this personal life. That is very important to me. Um, I, I think being able to wake up, like, okay, this morning I woke up, I went on a run, I had my breakfast. I'm not on anyone else's schedule. Mm. I'm on my own schedule. Uh, a few, let's see, a few weeks ago um, was my mom's birthday. I lost my mom three years ago. Oh, and sorry. every year I celebrate her birthday. I celebrate um, her death anniversary and celebrate Mother's Day. In my calendar, those days are my days. Right. And if I was working in the corporate office, yeah, maybe the first year they'd say, okay, like she's grieving, you can give her the day off. Right. But continuously every year, no, that would never happen. So to me, freedom is saying February 6th, every single year, and sometimes February 7th and 8th, I'm going to lay in bed. I'm not going to feel guilty. My business will be okay because me showing up in my grief like that is it, not productive. The other day, I, was, I just woke up. It was Monday. Monday is the day where you should get started going. I didn't feel like working. I was having an off day, mm -hmm. so I didn't work. That is freedom. That is success to me, knowing that my business isn't going to burst into flames. It's not going to fall apart. I don't have anyone to answer to. Of course, I have clients, but I don't work with them every single day. I have built my business where I really talk to my clients. They send me my payment. I send them you know, their analytics, and it's great. Uh, I don't have to answer to anyone. To me, that is success. I may not have millions of dollars in my bank account, but I have millions of experiences and mm -hmm. I get to wake up every single day and decide what I want to do with my day. What's interesting about what you said is that those are some of the same reasons why I decided to be an entrepreneur and not practice law the traditional way. Because I figured if I'm going to spend 80 hours a week working, why would I do that for someone else yeah. and not do that for myself? Right? right. So I love that, the freedom. And if, you're, if you don't feel it that day, because sometimes, we, you know, we just aren't feeling it. We, we can't get in a groove. Our, our, our headspace is not there. For whatever reason, we just can't do it. 
But to have that freedom to say, okay, you know what? Today I'm taking a break. I'm taking a beat or a couple of days. Sometimes you might need a couple of days to be like, okay, I need some time to rejuvenate myself, get myself in the right headspace to be productive. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, as, I mean, I'm so creative. Like most of what I do is very creative. I'm doing graphics and writing for myself and for my clients. And I remember when I was working in corporate, you know, I'm working nine to five and I always tell my boss, my brain isn't necessarily creative only from nine to five. I might wake up in the middle of the night and have this great idea and want to work on it, but I'm not getting paid. You're still making me sit in an office from nine to five. And and I will give this to my VP. She was the only female VP in the company. And she always had my back, but there was only so much she could do. Can I please work from home a couple days a week? I was the, you know, marketing communications. I was doing social media. I don't need to be in the office all the time, but this was obviously pre-pandemic. No one was working remotely. No one was working from home. I saw the vision. I saw that like we could be so much more productive working from home, working from our pajamas and bed on whatever hours fit us better. I went to art school. I was, I've been surrounded by creators, by artists my entire life. We work at four in the morning sometimes. We don't work nine to five. And so being able to like make my own schedule yeah. and I do, I do have a routine. I do have a schedule, but sometimes like last night, actually I was sitting on my couch and I had this idea of her like four different TikToks and it was 9 PM. And I was like, I'm just going to do it right now because I'm in the mode to do this. And I've got yeah. mascara on. I love that. The freedom to act and create and produce when you feel the most productive, right? Yeah. What do you do to prevent burnout? Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, that can happen so easily. What do you do to prevent it? Or even if you're not able to prevent it and you recognize that it's happening, what do you do? How do you handle burnout? Um, so actually, before I got sober, I had a huge, huge burnout. And I had to had to step away from my business for about a month. I was so incredibly burnt out. I was doing everything on my own. I hadn't hired anyone at that point. And that was one of the lowest times for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize I need, I can't continue doing this quite young. If I'm going to be working for a, you know, a few more years, I've got to figure something out. And so through my sobriety, part of my sobriety was like finding these things that brought me joy that have routine in my life. So basically all of 2021 and 2022, I really focused on my mental health, things like journaling, getting outside every single day, getting in nature every single day. Um, Working out is a big thing for me. So having these things that are for me, doing Mm -hmm. a face. I love self-care, like uh, skincare kind of, it's my thing. Having that every single day, making time for that, no matter what, has helped me in my daily routine. But also, I think it was, yeah, it was last year in Mexico. um, 
I would take weeks off at a time. I would work really hard, but I would give myself time to completely step away from my computer. I would leave my computer at home and travel somewhere. I wouldn't take my devices with me to prevent, because I'm a workaholic. I mean, I feel like every entrepreneur will workaholic. If your computer is there, you see an email pop up on your phone, you're going to answer. Exactly. I left my computer at home. I took Slack off my phone. I set um, do not disturb on my phone during certain hours, you know, from 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. That's my time. Of course, if I feel like working, I, I work, but yeah. my assistants cannot contact me. My clients cannot contact me through that time. I'm not available. That is mm-hmm. my time. Mm-hmm. I think setting boundaries whatever your boundaries are, they don't have to look the same as mine, but setting boundaries for yourself of when your own time is, is very important. Um, For me, I'm a nomad. So I don't always like, you know, have this nice office space at home, but for me, getting up and putting on clothes, putting on the mascara and leaving my house to work is another boundary that's helped me like, okay, when I'm home, this is me time. I'm got a face mask on and journaling and I'm like, this is music. When I leave my house with my computer and my stuff and go to a cafe or come to a co-working space, that's work time. Right. And having those clear lines, I think helps with burnout because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us experienced burnout, especially during the pandemic. Like we're stuck at home with our computers. Like there's no boundary of when work stops and when it doesn't. So even, I mean, I've read so many articles about how to even just create a small workspace in your home. You could be in a studio apartment and you're just like, okay, this corner is where I work. And if I'm not in that corner, I'm not working. Um, so I think it's boundaries however they look to you are super important for venting burnout for sure. I agree. And you have to be self-aware to know when you're hitting that burnout point, right? Like you have to really know like, okay, if I continue with this, this is not going to be good. Sometimes that looks like you might have to experience your first burnout to then be able to prevent it in the future because Now I know, okay, it's happening. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. happening. How can we prevent it before it happens? Because I've I've had it before, but I hope not everyone has to experience burnout to be able to prevent it. (laughs) Exactly. I talk to a lot of people who have jobs and careers where they're unhappy. They're like, oh, I wish I could do something else or I wish I could do something differently. Maybe not necessarily a full career change, but they may have a hobby that they'd like to take up, but they're like, oh, I don't have the time or, oh, I'm afraid to put myself out there. What advice would you give to someone who doesn't know where to start or is afraid to bet on themselves? Because not every bet has to be a big one. Not everybody has to pick up and and move abroad. They can start really simple right where they are, even with their situation, if they have certain responsibilities. So what advice would you tell them if they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I'm too afraid to, to do anything. I get messages like this asking. I was just on a call with a girl the other day about this. She has you know, a big business idea and she has all these wonderful ideas and doesn't know where to start. And I think 
one of my biggest tips would be just do it. Just do it and don't don't worry about how it looks, how perfect it is. That is the right way. But another thing would be writing it out. I, I told her, I said, make a business plan, putting it out into the universe, just putting it onto paper, trying to sort it out. That's how I organize my life is like writing things down, seeing mm -hmm. what it looks like. That's step one. You're putting it out into the universe, telling your partner, telling your best friend, telling someone like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I'm thinking about taking this art class. Like I've always been interested in art. I'm thinking of taking this art class. Telling someone about it, it's like they're going to hold you accountable. And I think that's super important to voice those things because I think a lot of us have dreams in our head that we think are so unattainable, but putting them, giving them life is step one, creating mm -hmm. a business plan, talking to somebody, and then starting small. Like you said, like it doesn't, you don't have to move abroad to have your first be bet. Like there's, there's so many ways to do it. Um, so I would say, don't, and don't worry about what other people think. Yeah. No one, one of my coaches tells me this all the time. No one is looking at you and analyzing everything that you're doing in the same way that you are. Like we look at our own stuff yeah. way more than anyone else does. We care so much more about ourselves than anyone else does. Everyone's focused on themselves. Right. So have a weird hair day on Instagram freaking cares nobody's gonna remember right just put it out there it doesn't have to be perfect just right. just get started and you'll figure it out and it's part of the journey it's just like figuring it out yeah yeah we are our worst critics we are the toughest on ourselves and you're right like your coach is right like no one else is scrutinizing everything you do but you yeah and if someone is then they that's their own issue you know right. you've got something. if they're caring that much about you so yeah that, that's true I have so enjoyed our conversation I really have like I feel like a kindred spirit here you know a fellow entrepreneur and someone who's seeking freedom um and I have to tell you I I went through your website and I absolutely love it because there is so much practical information on there. And it's not even just for moving abroad, but I know you focus a lot on that and remote traveling and remote working and things. But I mean, you talk about things like what happens when you get sick in a foreign hospital, like how to find a place to live in your new city, which is in your new country. You also talk about the best travel insurance to purchase, which, by the way, you've totally convinced me about getting travel insurance the next time I travel. And then if I do travel abroad to get the medical insurance, too, like because that makes so much sense, um, because I think you mentioned that you caught COVID while you were abroad. In yeah. Mexico. Wow. I have been in many foreign hospitals and yeah, not super fun. I think a lot of the things I write about, um, the ideas usually come from, you know, when I was moving to Oaxaca, there is not a lot of information out there. There's not a lot of expats that move to Oaxaca. It's more of a place you go visit. And so when I'm thinking of what should I write about, 
Well, I think, what was I searching? What was I searching before I moved to Oaxaca? And I didn't find any information. I had to figure it out on my own. So let me help the next person. Let me just give it all to them. Um, Why did you even decide Oaxaca? Because that's a very unusual place, like you said, to, to, to pick. So why, why Oaxaca? So the same girl that I went to middle school with who moved to Thailand and taught English, she had gone to Oaxaca. I don't think she lived there, but she had gone to Oaxaca. And I remember seeing her pictures. And I don't know if you've ever, if you know anything about Oaxaca, but if you just Google Oaxaca, it's so pretty, like the murals, it's so colorful and vibrant culture. It's like foodie central of Mexico and Mm -hmm. I'm a foodie. And so it had always been on my radar that it's like, it's not Cancun, it's not Cabo, it's not Puerto Verta, like it's not the touristy place. Right. I like to do things different. I like yeah. to be different. <laughs> <laughs> so I just was like, I think I'm going to go to Oaxaca. You know, I Why don't not? know any Spanish. Like I had taken Spanish 15 plus years ago. Right. And don't remember anything because I just had a crush on my Spanish teacher the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to move to this place that pretty much English is not worldwide there. And I'm going to learn Spanish. I'm going to eat all the spicy food and I'm going to give it a go. And I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was reading your blog about that. And then the other blog posts about just really like, like I said, just practical information and so many other helpful things. And, and I think that's such a great resource. Like, so I encourage anyone who's thinking about traveling because you even talk about, you know, traveling in the U S like, I think you talked about when you were in, in Hawaii and a few other places. So this is such a great place. So Jenny's website is called the jjadventures.com the jjadventures.com is a great place to get some fantastic information on traveling on solo travel on remote traveling uh remote working all types of wonderful things so i encourage you to to check out our website and all of her um social channels are there where you can follow her and see everything that she's doing thank you so much jenny for the time and um, and this great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. What a fantastic conversation with Jenny. I appreciate her openness. Here are three takeaways. Going from freelancing to starting a business without a safety net was scary yet liberating because Jenny learned how to figure things out and realized that everything can't be perfect. It's important to set boundaries when you're working so you can prevent burnout. When starting on your BBET journey, just do it and don't worry about how it looks or how perfect it is. Write out what you want to do. Tell someone what you're doing so they can hold you accountable. Start small and don't worry about what other people think. That's it for today. Join me, your host, 
Erica Johnson next week on the Me Vet Podcast with another amazing guest.